0: What is it that the learned and the wise don't get? But the humble and the meek do, according to Jesus' words. Jesus is rejoicing in this fact. He burst into praise to his Father out loud. So much so that Matthew recorded it, kept kept that in mind, and then he wrote about it. And Luke writes about it as well. One group, the little ones, got it. The other group, the learned and the wise, missed it. This that some got and others missed is a truth that requires lowering ourselves, humbling ourselves, because it involves unlearning worldly patterns of thought. All those worldly criteria that rule our life and lead it away from Jesus and the gospel. If we do this, we become open to receiving wisdom from on high. We begin to see others and the world the way God sees them. We, so to say, enter into the mentality of Jesus. St. Paul says in his letter to the Romans, he says, do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may discern What is the will of God? What is good and pleasing and perfect? So he exhorts us to a renewal of our minds. So we don't let our culture dictate to us how to think or what to value. But we let our minds and our hearts be transformed by the word of God. The word of God dictates to us how we should think. And how we should feel. We allow ourselves to be challenged. And be transformed. By the word of God. Not by this world. The word of God is supposed to transform this world. Not the other way around. This world is not supposed to transform the word of God. That's why he spoke. So he could be a guide for us. And it requires. An openness. To being taught. To being led. An openness to a humility to say I need to be taught. It's not that I have it all together. So what is it? What is this truth that some miss and some get? St. Paul calls it the wisdom of the cross. The wisdom of the cross. In 1 Corinthians 1, he says, the message of the cross is foolishness, foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved It is the power of God. Foolishness for some, power of God for others. The same message of the cross. It is foolishness for the world. But for those who get it, it's power to do good. It's power to bear fruit. It's power to live a life in the joy of the Holy Spirit. It's power to have a mission-oriented life, a purpose-driven life, others-oriented life if you want it is the power of God to die to ourselves, to that prison of transparent walls that is myself. It's the power to tear down those walls. So somehow this word presents an option. You either become a fool for Christ or a wise for the world. You have to choose. You cannot be both at the same time. St. Paul echoes Jesus' words by saying that This is not a wisdom of this age, the one that he wants to teach us, nor of the rulers of this age. So this age, his age, and this age don't get it. And the rulers don't get it either. So let's pause here for a moment. God decided to save the world through the cross, not through power, not through prestige, or money, or honor, or by military force, or by politics, but through Jesus and Jesus crucified. Jesus on the cross is the glory of God manifested in a human way. The beauty of God, the heart of God manifested in a human way. It is the love of God expressed in all its radicality. It is the manifestation of his love for each one of us. God manifested his love for us on the cross. God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that anyone who believes in him might have life eternal. And it's also a way for each one of us, not only what he did for us, but also a way for us, the way of the cross. Jesus says in Matthew, if anyone wishes to come after me, must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So to become a fool for Christ, you need to pick up your cross. Foolishness for the world, but wisdom and power for those who believe. The humble, the meek, The little ones, the poor, they get it. They get it easily, like that. They get it very quickly. The ones who feel entitled, who consider themselves as something, who think God owes them something, they don't. They struggle a lot. They don't get it. They don't understand it. The way of the Christian is not to seek power, prestige, money, honor, fame, pleasure. That is is what the world seeks all the time. But the way of the Krishna is to seek the kingdom of God and his justice. If we want to follow the Lord, we seek his kingdom. We perceive ourselves as disciples, called by his grace to bring about his kingdom around us. And all these things, or some at least, will be given us besides, as long as we need them to fulfill our mission and to bear fruit. God knows, God knows what we need can trust. He's a loving Father. But also, they will be taken away from us, so that we can bear even more fruit. Jesus says very clearly, he says, my Father prunes you, so that then you can bear more, more fruit. And he prunes us through the cross. Cardinal Newman, in one of his sermons, says, this is very beautiful, listen to this, he says, Nothing short of suffering, except in rare cases, makes us what we should be, gentle instead of harsh, meek instead of violent, conceiting instead of arrogant, lowly instead of proud, pure-hearted instead of sensual, sensitive of sin instead of carnal. Suffering brings a transformation in us. So Jesus says today, come to me and take up my yoke upon you. You know, I googled this definition of, of a yoke and I'm reading, a yoke is a wooden cross piece that is fastened over the necks of two animals and attached to the plow or cart that they are to pull. You know, that wooden piece of thing that Allows two bulls or animals to push together. And it's a metaphor that is used throughout the Bible. And it means walk with me. In one side of the yoke is Jesus. And the other side of the yoke is each one of us. He's inviting us to push through with him. Stay with me. Let's let's do this together. Let's walk together. Let's struggle together. Kind of like what uh, Cyrenees did when he, you know, he pushed the cross with Jesus as well. You know, you might be burdened because you are bearing the yoke of the world upon your shoulders. Because the world also has its ways, has its yoke that puts upon our shoulders. You're supposed to be successful you are supposed to be popular you're supposed to be bright you're supposed to achieve all these things the world is saying to you you have to construct your identity you have to you know push through and become someone important someone worth it otherwise you're a failure and christianity J- jesus is saying to you you are given an identity you are my son you're my daughter already I have something for you. You don't have to construct yourself. It's much better. We receive a call. We receive a mission to serve and to love and to give ourselves to others and to bear fruit. You don't have to work so hard. You have to just receive it and be faithful to it. So the, the, the Lord is saying, if you are bearing a yoke of the world, upon your shoulders and you are tired and it's heavy, throw it away and come to me and take upon my yoke upon you. Humble yourself, walk with me, become what you are under my gaze. So I want to invite you in this moment to take a step of trust, to humble yourself, in front of him, who will renew his sacrifice of the cross right in front of our eyes in a moment. And in your heart to reject the yoke of the world, this heavy yoke that we have to be all these things, or whatever yoke that you might be bearing, just reject it. And instead take upon yourself Jesus' yoke. Say to him in this moment, I don't want to live in a worldly way, but I want to live as a disciple. Renounce the world in your heart. Renounce it, the worldly way, so that you can be free to love God and others in a new way. Don't worry, much will be given to you. God knows what you need. He's generous. He said 100% will be given to you. I was speaking with a young adult, a lady. Her name is Savannah. She just finished her second year as a volunteer missionary. First year in Oregon and second year here in D.C. She moved back to her house, to her hometown, and now she's working. She has a great work that she loves. She has all these plans, and she's doing very well. And she was telling me how when she decided to, you know, to give up two years to become a... First, it was going to be one year, and then it was a second year to become a volunteer missionary. Everyone was... No, not everyone, but many people were saying to her, you know, that is a full decision. Yeah. You are full for Christ. But then God... So she, you know, she did that, and, and, and he God blessed her in so many ways. It's always like that. You know, we begin by, by renouncing. We, 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 we just renounce, and then we are transformed so that we can enjoy. Newman said, and with this I finish in one of his, another of his sermons, beautiful sermon, The Cross the Measure of the World, it's called. He said, it's a little longer quote, but very beautiful. He says, let us not trust this world. Let us not give our hearts to it. Let us not begin with it. Let us begin with faith. Let us begin with Christ. Let us begin with his cross and the humiliation to which it leads. Let us first be drawn to him who is lifted up so that he may with himself freely give us all things. Let us seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all those things of this world will be added to us. They alone are able truly to enjoy this world who begin with the world unseen. They alone enjoy it who have first abstained from it. They alone can truly feast who have first fasted. They alone are able to use the world, who have learned not to abuse it. They alone inherit, who take it as a shadow of the world to come, and who for that world to come relinquish it.